Hello, everyone. Welcome to the 364th episode of Constructed Criticism. I am your host, Mason, joined by my ever cold in the head region co-host, Abe. Abe, how you doing? What does that even mean? Well, you always have a beanie on, which makes me think you're cold in the head region. I just, well, no, I just like to be warm in my head region. Oh, so sometimes you're warm with the beanie on still? Uh, yeah, sometimes. But I just like, I like to have my head feel nestled and hugged by the beanie. I think it's just a nice feeling. Oh, like like the beanie swaddling your head. Yeah, kind of. It keeps my baby brain nice and, nice and you know, compressed. <laughs> nice. Well, you know, I, I'm going to need your baby brain to be on full effect today because we're going to talk about the future of competitive magic and kind of what's happened since our last recording here a little bit. But first... We need to do always improving. You know, the point of this show still and always will be about being getting better at magic and kind of getting stuff better at life in general. And uh, my big always improving moment for, well, my big always improving thing I should say for this week is kind of a continuation of last weekend when it comes to like getting on and doing stuff and not letting it fall aside. I, I think this happens a lot where, uh, at least for me, when I'm working on something, it's something I've had to work on for a while to really get down. And it's just kind of more of the same from last week. So trying to make sure that I finish things and stay on top of them and not let them get out of hand. Um, and that's manifested in some weird ways. Uh, for example, like I had Resident Evil Village. I bought it and it's a thing where I kind of fell behind in playing it, which is weird because there's no real schedule or mandate. But I played a bunch when I first got it and I just didn't for a while. And I was like, well, I want to like see this story through to the end. I, I need to get on this and just doing that. But for other things as well, I think... Uh, has been my always improving moment for the week part two. Uh, Abe, what was your always improving moment? I so my I, I want to just say something about yours Hit first, me. which is that I have probably the most annoying half-finished backlog, and it was like games, and it's just so hard to get through. Like you'll sit there on like the last like ten percent of a game or ten percent of anything, like a show, and just won't do it, and it. <laughs> then you just don't feel like doing it and it like never happens and you end up unsatisfied with it. So I'm, I like that one a lot. I need to, I need to do better on that myself. But anyway, my always improving this week has been actually pretty magic related in the wake of the, uh, of the announcement and also just kind of like what I've been feeling recently, uh, about magic. And I've just been working on honing my skills and, uh, working on, the Esper control deck in modern and just like really trying to understand it and learn all about it, get back to casting Snapcaster Mage and Cryptic Command, understanding the modern format and really relearning something that is almost entirely new than the last time I played it with how many uh, like new cards have come into the format and how different the archetypes are and how much change there's been. Uh, it's just kind of an awesome to spend time playing magic with like some amount of intent uh even if that intent is just like you know try out all of these different esper players takes on the deck look at all of the ways they've built it uh you know see which ones i agree with and don't agree with try things just uh just been having fun with it playing a lot of a lot of esper and working on just my fundamentals and you know learning the format again yeah. so yeah i've been looking into modern recently i was picking up some stuff i mean you know 
in the States here, some like FNN level play is potentially opening up for your area and whatnot. And it looks like maybe we might have some like win a boxes or whatever from modern. So I like went and like updated my amulet deck and picked up is it prowess. And it's been, you know, super interesting to see just how different this format is compared to, you know, like a year and a quarter ago when quarantine kind of hit. Um, and just also in comparison to even that, how different it was two years ago now from modern horizons one. And I'm curious how different it's going to be a year from now after modern horizons two. It's a uh, modern's gone through a lot of changes in the last, you know, it was going to say in the last three years. It's been kind of wild. Yeah, definitely. Modern Horizons 2 is uh, kind of a big unknown as to how impactful it'll wind up being. But if Modern Horizons 1 is any indicator, it's going to be, you know, uh, who knows if what I'm doing right now is going to have much return other than being able to, like, say that I've been keeping up with what's going on and getting in the habit of playing leagues and reading deck lists and looking at you know, just the format from a top-down perspective and being on the ground. But, like, you know, maybe they'll just print Schmogak. You know, <laughs> Joe Schmogak, legendary uh, 8-8. <laughs> and then well, we won't know what's going on anymore, you know? that That's true, yeah. Yeah, Hogak 2, it's a 2-2. Two -two. It's coming. <laughs> yeah, if it's half as impactful as the last Modern Horizons, it's going to be a, a crazy time. And, I mean, uh, previews for that start, in two days from the time of this recording. So we are going to uh, be seeing it soon and have an episode out to y'all probably in the next three weeks here. So or before the set drops, so it's kind of exciting with all of that. Yeah, being, with all that being said, if you want to pick up your Armand horizon one cards before maybe they spike, you think there might be a continuation more support for something go to oasisgames.com right now, pick up those cards and you can use code. Would that be good at checkout to get 15% sorry you get 4% off your first order and use code CCMV you get 15% off your very first order and that will allow you to pick up some cards get ready and if you know you're in luckily enough of a place where you and your homies are vaccinated you can get stuff together you can pick up the cards you need for maybe a two-bert I, I built a, a two-person Q-Babe and I've played it a bunch recently with my friend Trey former host of the show and it has been a blast he has really liked it and I have really enjoyed having just a two-person drafting cube experience it's been very fun especially the way we draft where it's uh, Ryan Overturf style of doing it where you like don't you don't grid it's kind of hard to explain but you're not grid drafting or anything silly like that and actually imitates a real draft and it's, it's very fun to play so head on over to Oasis Games pick up the cards you need for your cube or you know modern deck needs yeah uh, and if you are someone who is maybe more excited about uh, Historic Anthology 5 than you are about Modern Horizons 2 because you love mtg arena you should head on over to gray viking games and check out their awesome uh you know selection of codes and of arena products that you can buy with your dollars instead of your gems uh and you can use code ccmtg for 10 percent off at checkout i personally uh cannot wait for there to be more things. I, I kind of feel like burnt out on the amount of things there are in Arena yet, but I know I don't have all of them, and you probably don't either, but you could go have them if you went to Great Viking Games. That's right. And the final way to support the show is go to patreon.com slash ccmtg. And one of the benefits of being a patron is get to ask questions like this one, which is what's the best way to stay sharp when you don't have something to focus on like an upcoming event? I often find myself 
having trouble motivating myself without an event to spur me. Uh, so Abe, how do you feel about this one? Because I mean, this is kind of a, a classic question and one that, you know, hits home, especially hard during quarantine, uh, you know, as we near the end of it here in the States, but also for, you know, just life in general when it comes to magic, when things return back to normal, how, how is this something that you deal with? Uh, I think that when you feel like you don't have something to focus on, like, cause you don't have an event coming up, which is a very real thing. Events are like really awesome. You like really want to play them. You feel very motivated by them. If you're, you know, a competitive player, you want to get the chance to go out and, you know, prove yourself and compete against all, everyone. But, you know, life can't always be your favorite thing all the time, and there can't always be the best thing. But what you have to remember is that there will be more events. And, you know, if you don't have this one goal being given to you, uh, extrin extrinsically, you need to make an intrinsically valued goal where you say, like, you know what? I just want to play more of this thing because I want to learn more about it. Or, you know, I want to work on this skill because I know that I've been putting it off for a while to, like, play test for these events that are coming up. Uh, I know that a lot of the times... I'll find myself either drafting when I should be playtesting other things, or I'll be, uh, like, avoiding playtesting things and just doing things that are more fun for me than are, like, productive for me and improving. Um, but once you go, like, okay, I don't have an event, instead of playing for fun, you choose to play for improvement, set yourself a goal, something that you can achieve, uh... Or just you know something to guide your your intent. It uh, it gets it gets a lot easier. I think that's really the best advice I can give. Is like you know if there is nothing being told to you that like you should be playtesting for this format for this time frame, make your own time frame and choose your own format and just do your best. Yeah, I like that a lot. There's it's also some stuff that I try to keep in mind, uh, like. If you're wanting to do well at the next event, you're probably not going to magically feel that way, right? Like, when you get to the event, you're not going to be like, oh, I really want to win this thing when you show up, right? Like, that's not normally how it works. If you're someone who's wanting to improve and listen to a podcast kind of like this, you're probably like that all the time. So you should have this constant goal to kind of be sharp, stay ready, and work on things, even if it's not a specific format, right? And in general, just kind of becoming, you know, well-versed or more accustomed to a format by playing and engaging with it, I think it's a pretty good way too. This is a problem that I kind of don't really have because I have a weird incentive always between the podcast articles and my general wanting to improve in magic that there's always something to kind of be doing or keeping an eye on or some, you know, carrot to be chasing for lack of a better term. So this one's a little hard for me. Uh, my suggestion would be to start a Magic the Gathering podcast and then uh, become fully invested in it and then have to write for our website. So that would be my, my best advice to you. Uh, but besides that, you know, just coming up with your own goals, I think is, um, it's just the best way to do it. It's just to try and focus yeah. on always wanting to improve. And you're going to want to try to turn them in eventually, most likely. And so, you know, just playing and staying sharp is a good way to get ready for that, to hit the ground running. Yeah, I mean, it's one of those things, uh, you know, you build... You build it brick by brick and piece by piece and you put it all together and that's like I, I was talking about how in in the Discord I was talking about how like my big motivator for playing a bunch of Esper recently was like when I can play like a paper one K 
in you know whoever long i want to be able to show up with my snapcaster mages i haven't sleeved up in forever and my like you know my nice control cards my cryptic commands and i want to cast them and i want to win and if those are the things i want to do then like you know i've got to get moving now because it's not gonna it's not gonna make sense to wait until i know that the event's gonna happen i just I know the event's going to happen one day. There's going to be more modern tournaments. There's going to be more everything. You you might as well just, you know, pick up one brick, carry it to where the wall is going to be, and, and put it down while you can. That's, like, the best the best advice there is. You just, you kind of got to show up and do it and remind yourself that the motivation is to, to grow the thing you're working on. 100%. I agree with that. Well, hopefully that was helpful to you all, um, including the patron. That, thank you all so much for that question. It's always great to have those. And it's kind of time that we talk about our main topic for today, which is uh, a very interesting one for the show. This isn't something that we normally kind of tackle or handle because uh, it normally isn't stuff like this. And things like this normally don't even get a full episode, but this one kind of does. So if you haven't heard, um, there was recently an announcement that the MPL will be coming to an end in 2022. And so the season they're playing now is the last season of the MPL for the main thing and Rivals. Um, and they're all playing for a world slot. They're not playing for anything else. And then that'll be it. So there will be no MPL going forward, which leads a pretty big question about what's the future for competitive magic, etc., etc. They have come out and said that there will not be a way that they're currently planning to have it be a sustainable lifestyle to only be playing magic tournaments. So what they mean is they're not going to subsidize the cost of your living. Like the MPL before... They were paying, you know, $60,000 to those people each a year to play. That sort of thing won't exist. But there will still be tournaments, and they've said they're going to have a continued focus pl- uh, on arena play and a renewed focus on paper, especially once everything gets kind of cleared up and it's much easier to do big gathering events. They've really realized that paper is something special, something unique. It's a big strength for Magic, so they want to focus on that more. And that there will be GPs and PTs type things and we'll be able to chain invites to those but we don't know any of the details when it comes to price support how often we're going to do them etc etc and that's some of the high notes or the the big picture notes so i should say when it comes to this big change and it's kind of big enough to sort of talk about because it affects all aspects of magic this is a, a sort of a huge change and it's going to affect a lot of things for a lot of people so it's something we kind of wanted to talk about and kind of like you know where we're at with it as well so Abe I, I think we should probably start off by saying like you know the podcast isn't going to go anywhere you know I, I think uh if you were on like Twitter or social media the day of the announcement we were trending on Twitter there's a lot of like this is the death of magic and I, I definitely don't feel that way and I definitely don't think the podcast is going to change much at all because of this and I think for most people it's actually going to turn out to be a good thing um just kind of the upper high one percent get really messed up by it which which sucks for them you know it's, it definitely stinks and i have a lot of friends who just got a huge pay cut um you know and that sucks for them i'm sorry that they're losing their job in a year but these sort of things happen and change unfortunately and so we're gonna kind of talk about this but ab i mean how do you feel about this all your first re- i mean maybe not your first reaction but after they've clarified via twitch stream and talked to everyone and gave a more detail-oriented picture how do you feel about everything <laughs> Yeah, so I guess my initial reaction was all everyone else's, where it was like, oh, this is like big, big change. And now I kind of think, after having like a few days to think about it and see how people are kind of 
dealing with it a few days along. Um, I think it's kind of really interesting that for me as a player who uh, like never really set themselves on aspirations for like rivals or the MPL because it seemed really unattainable and really just complex to try to get into and kind of shoddy as a system that my biggest takeaway was that this system going away is in all ways for me better than it existing uh and the thing that like kind of still lingers for me that i feel like i've seen mike sigers talk about the most is that like overall a big change like this uh and especially with the stuff that they've promised us but they've also promised us won't be happening is that uh you know it's probably really good for players like me who just really like to compete and really like to play at high levels uh, and really like to have those opportunities and have some metrics to set themselves against some sort of system of qualifying and requalifying trying to play all of the events like that's really good but it is a big um a big blow for you know the absolute highest level that it could be all of the time there's like something really lost about how a pro tour would have guaranteed to have like hall of famers were going to show up and uh you know platinum pros were going to be there for sure because they had their appearance fees and they had their hotel covered and stuff so no matter if you were from uh you know from japan or you know you were a latin american player um and the pt was in europe you'd be covered for sure there's no no need to sweat it uh, but now stuff like that is going to happen less, and overall, it does kind of, kind of does put a damper on things in, in that regard. Like the prestige of all the events is going to be like, kind of something that people might like question, right? It's like, is that really, like, is every pro tour really going to be all of the best players in the world coming together? But uh, that still remains to be seen if it's going to be structured and there's no real reason to speculate on like exactly how they're going to do it and what the prize pools are going to be like and if it justifies you know paulo flying to you know a grand prix in richmond or something like you can't know until it's all out there and that's like kind of beyond us uh but other than that like it's it's just really nice to know that like there's going to be a system that's going to make me feel more and more able to compete in the way that I have enjoyed competing and on the levels I've enjoyed competing for like, you know, years in paper. And I know a lot of people, especially with how much was going on during COVID were like kind of like out of it and kind of feared that like, Oh, like, you know, the pandemic's going to end and they're just going to keep on pushing arena because arena makes them so much money. And this is just clearly them saying like, actually we don't really want the future of all of pro magic to be arena we want the exact opposite of that which is really really reassuring because as a tabletop player uh you know first and foremost like i couldn't imagine magic having the same hold on me if it was just arena and that's kind of been shown by how many people have really you know decided to take a long hiatus because of arena yeah well, but uh, that, that's just kind of how i'm feeling about it I, it's really motivated me to start playing more again and it's kind of like Aid? I know they just killed organized play or whatever, but uh, I that hadn't stopped me from playing like twenty burn leagues or twenty matches of burn straight. You know, like it it brings people back to know that things are going to be back to something that they recognize. Yeah, it 
it is definitely an interesting thing where I, I will say that along with everything Ava just said there, the thing that bothers me or has the most concern for me is just how little information there is out there and why they need it is weird to me that they're like, okay, the plan is no more NPL. And they're like, okay, good. That's definitely what we're going to do. And they're like, all right, what's the next plan? Like, uh, pff, I don't know. Give me like eight months to figure it out. Tell them we're going to figure it out. And then, you know, we got this rough idea we're going to stick to. And that's kind of where like it's frustrating for me because it's like, all right, we probably will hear about this in honesty in like six months, right? We're going to have half a year of not really knowing what the future is for next year. And that's frustrating because, you know, people make plans and do things and they're excited to know. And there's a big level of uncertainty when the ground has been changing underneath us over and over and over again, right? Like, it's almost easier when things are changing because of how used to being unstable we are when it comes to magic, when it comes to the organized play system. And it's very frustrating to not know what's coming and not know what the next system is. And it's weird to me that that could not have been finalized in a more concrete way and conveyed to us uh and not just be like we'll get to it when we get to it and we'll let you know i don't know why that was that way but that aside and there's nothing we can really do about that um that's more of just a, a frustration thing more than anything um i i think that for me it has actually done the kind of the opposite of what it has for you Abe, which is interesting for me it's very much been like well i don't know what's coming uh, the thing I care about hasn't said anything yet, which is SCGs. Like, I don't really want to travel. The problem with the Grand Prix is you kind of have to travel the world, right? And I don't really want to be traveling all over the world, nor do I think it's doable for a long time for me to realistically do that sort of thing. So I'm really curious about the, like, United States-style East Coast events. Like, I want to know what's happening with that, what's happening with NRGs. And I, I'm, I'm kind of in this weird, like, I'm going to sit here and wait and see what these events are going to do. Because that's kind of the ones I'm most, you know, invested in. But it's like when it comes to that sort of thing, (laughs) it's funny. I think a lot of people said pro magic died, you know, and that was kind of their their go-to when uh, everything happened last Thursday. And my kind of take was pro magic's been dead for three years for most people, you know, getting the MPL wasn't attainable. It just, it wasn't a thing. Getting to rivals wasn't attainable for most people. You had to be in a very unique position to get that. And in a lot of ways, it's sort of this rebirth of pro magic in my mind. And it's actually kind of like a a Phoenix Rising. But I don't know what the structure is, so I I can't do anything. And I can't complain about it, right? Like, it's more frustrating than anything. But I just can't make plans because I don't know what's going on. And so I'm in this weird position where it's like, well, if I assume you go back to a model like before or similar to it, that's great. I will go to those every now and again. But it's not going to be my main focus. So now I'm kind of just waiting on this other stuff which is a really weird spot for me to be in. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I maybe I'm just uh, kind of idealistic and, and maybe, like, just kind of feeling, like, like being like, oh, you know, something like this will come back that I, like, will enjoy and, and therefore I should be prepared for it. It's kind of, like, my perspective on it. Maybe that's too optimistic, but... Yeah, I don't know. Like, I, I definitely agree with you that it has kind of felt like the dream of Pro Magic has been dead for people uh, for, you know, like three years. And to me, I guess the promise that yeah, Pro Magic, quote unquote, is going to remain dead, but they're going to structure something with the fact that, 
you know, they don't want to do that anymore, but there's going to be something in mind means that, you know, the next form of pro magic or, you know, competitive magic is going to be something we know about hopefully sooner rather than later. And we know what it is and isn't going to look like, or we don't know what it is going to look like, but we, we have an idea of like, you know, the things they're not doing and kind of based on what things were like before COVID. I think we have an idea of what they'll probably do. Uh, mm-hmm. Probably a string of GPs, PTQs, you know, regional a regional pro, pro tour. tour. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and if that's what it is, then, you know, that's, that's pretty, pretty all right with me. I, I, I'll look forward to it and, and be ready for it. Uh, I don't know. It, it seems hard for me to say that, like, uh, like pro magic will ever as a dream, as the dream or whatever will ever be dead. I think it's just like pro magic is definitely changing, and uh, it's hard for me to say that the dream, quote unquote, is ever like dead because I think that so long as there are people who are, you know, real sickos at magic and there are cash prizes people are going to try to find ways to win enough cash prizes to make playing magic the only thing they do uh that's like kind of always been a constant right since there were people chasing the players championship and you know sleeping on couches and playing like five iqs a week like that's uh that's not new Mm -hmm. but whether or not it's something that wizards officially supports and lays out a path to anymore that's definitely done. So uh, I, I could see a lot of ways that over the next, like, you know, five to ten years, uh, you know, Pro Magic probably won't even look the same as it does now. And Magic as a game is going to look very different, too. Um, so, you know, like, saying goodbye to something that existed for three years to move on to the next phase of trying things... Uh, it, it is frustrating to have to sit here and wait, but uh, I don't know. I, I might just be too optimistic, but I'm kind of excited to see what it is and, you know, to, to see what the right thing to do is. I don't know. It's yeah. Like, it, it's definitely a time of high uncertainty, right? It's like a, a moment where we are stuck in this weird limbo for the, you know, X amount of the time, but in the past, we kind of knew what was coming, you know, they'd be like, okay, we're switching to this. This is what's going to happen. You know, we're like, there was an abrupt switch with like the MPL and like, this is the system, you know, and at least we knew, and this, this sort of uncertainty is kind of what hangs over it. But there are a few things that are constant, you know, like magic's still going to be a game. There's still going to be stuff to do. There's still going to be tournaments. There's still going to be people who want to compete at it. And just because it isn't a lifestyle doesn't mean that it's not going to be fun and doesn't mean we're not going to you know, try and compete at it. And it kind of just becomes like, okay, which system am I going to be partaking in more so than other systems, you know? And that's what I'm curious about. Um, I think that would be the same for a lot of listeners, you know, like, will SCG come back? Like, when are they coming back? How are they coming back? That sort of stuff is a pretty big question mark. Are, you know, how are GPs coming back? How are Magic Fest coming back? You know, like, what are we going to do with these things? And, I wish we had answers, but I do want to say that, you know, despite being kind of down and Abe, you know, even being like, maybe I'm too optimistic. 
I think it for the general average player, which means almost everyone who listens to these podcasts, basically, it's going to be better for you. It's going to be a, a better experience, a better life uh, when it comes to magic and much more attainable goals and things you can do. And you'll have a much more realistic chance to do things like play the pro tours and travel and do that sort of thing than you were in the MPL program. And so I, yeah. I kind of hope listeners, you know, it can be very easy to be stuck in this doom and gloom, all this terrible mindset or whatever uh, right now when it comes to magic. But I just don't think that's actually the case when you kind of take a um like an unpartial stance and you step away from it. And you actually, you know, I'm not trying to bash people who lost their jobs and had a lot of strong feelings and emotions and ties to it. But those people who are very vocal about it were all people who were kind of, you know, affected by it the most. You know, they were the people in those spots. And them leaving sucks and it's terrible, but there's no guarantee they're going to be gone forever. A lot of them, quick emotions right now, and they might come back. And honestly, like, it, it's, I think, good to listen to people and hear their thoughts, their complaints, their feedback, and learn from them. But their experience with the magic and your experience with the magic listener is not the same at all. And you might think it's the same. You might be thinking, like, oh, I'm a competitive player. Mason's not talking to me now. It's not like when when you think about how Siggy interacts with it in his way of the game and everything compared to yours, it is not that similar. And it's really a, a huge change to those people. And so few people are ever going to be in that spot that I, I really think it's just a net positive for almost everyone. I think making these things more open, more available is just better. And it, that's what that's what the changes seem to be doing. And what they outlined in their Twitch talk seems to be that. So. I have to just assume they're trying to make magic more open and more general, and I think that's that's a good thing. So, yeah, I, I think it's hard to emphasize enough that like if you aren't someone who had like serious aspirations of like getting into Rivals League or getting into the MPL, and you're like most of the people who I've met playing on the SCG tour, uh, you know, played against at Grand Prix. And just have known through playing local competitive magic for, you know, years. Most of you are, it, it won't get worse for you. You know, it already couldn't. Because there, the one thing that there was for pro magic for you was not something that was going to be in your reach. And now, you know, whatever there is for participating in organized play on a high level... Um, could very well exist for you. And uh, I don't know, I, I'm probably just pretty excited about that opportunity. I do think, and, and I, I want to state as well with you, that like I, I feel you know very bad for all the people who worked really hard in Rivals uh, to try to you know promote the MPL in MPL, uh, you know, trying to hold on to their spot for you know just more years of living what truly is the dream for for many people of getting to play their favorite game as their career um and that can't be can't be very easy to uh handle to find out that like you know you you won the lottery on getting to do the coolest thing ever and they're uh and they're taken away from you kind of all before you feel like it was everything it could have been where you know a lot of these people have been some of the best magic players in the world for you know, decades and now finally had their shot and their piece of 
piece of magic blowing up and uh you know now we're kind of downsizing back to back to what it felt like when we were trying to be when we kept on saying we should try to be esports you know it's like now we're gonna be like well we're not esports um yeah but we are gonna be magic and that's honestly what i'm excited about is that we're gonna be magic which is awesome magic is so good playing magic events is so good and uh you know having the opportunity to you know hopefully go play some regional pro tour or you know, battle in some feature match in some Magic Fest or Grand Prix or whatever new branding they decide on or old branding they decide to use is going to be fantastic. It's going to be like, especially after like so much time spent away from it, it's going to be it's going to be really exciting. So, yeah. I big agree. Abe, I think that kind of does it for this episode. We kind of hit on everything we wanted to talk about. Um, before we wrap it up, is there anything you want to say? Or are you kind of good to go? Um, I feel like I feel like I got it all out. I just if there's one thing I want to say, it's that uh, don't be afraid, especially with how negative people can be. Uh, don't be afraid to be hopeful, and uh, you know, obviously don't. Wizards has has burned the competitive players before, uh, but you know, don't let that set the absolute precedent for what you think is going to happen, and. Uh, you know, be hopeful. Uh, the people who work at Wizards and work on Magic are very passionate about Magic, and many of them are people who used to play at, you know, the very highest stages of competition and want that tradition to to thrive as well. So I, I believe in the people who fight for, fight for OP all the time uh, to keep on, you know, giving us things that are exciting, giving us the right carrot on the right stick, you know? Yep, agreed. Well, thank you all so much for listening to this episode. I know it's kind of a weirder episode than what we normally do. This isn't normally our thing, but it was something that, A, you know, kind of needed to be talked about, and B, uh, you know, it's big enough to talk about. It It is kind of a big thing, and, you know, I had messages about, like, is CC going to end or whatnot um, when all that stuff happened, so it felt like it needed to be addressed, so... We'll be back next week with a more normal episode of Constructed Criticism doing our normal thing. But in the meantime, if you want to find us, you can find Abe on Twitter at more no things, M-O-R-E-N-O, and then things. And you can find me on Twitter at Mason E. Clark. And you can find me on Card Kingdom each and every week writing about something. This week I'm writing about Tainted Pact. So get excited if you're a historic fan. And uh, you can also watch me on twitch.tv slash Clark. I've been doing a lot of watch parties of old Magic coverage. We've just been chilling and hanging. Abe's been there a bunch. So if you want to get the full experience, you can hang out with Abe as well. And, a lot and of fun. It's been a lot of fun reliving old uh, old feature matches. So come by and hang out. Thank you all so much for listening to this week's episode of Constructed Criticism. And we'll see you all next week for another one. <laughs>